All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host. Brock Segan with Dylan D. Berthume and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 5, Episode 22 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. Uh, we're back after a one-week hiatus for the All-Star break. Uh, I know we always kind of usually do a fun uh, episode for the podcast, but we did not, or for the All-Star game, sorry. We did not do that this week, this year. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, but as always, the... Uh, podcast is brought to you by Odd Shark. I'm your host, Brock Segan. We've got D- Dylan D. Bertram and Michael Beebs Bondi here. Uh, D, hope you're feeling all right. We got me and Beebs got our masks on in case you got that coronavirus. Good yeah. enough. Good enough. <laughs> yeah, D. You D sound better than D I expected. He informed us the other day that he was uh, feeling a little under the weather. So with all the news, me and Brock, uh, we're taking it to the extremes, and we're we're admitting D definitely has the coronavirus. Yeah, definitely what it is. Yes. Um, no, it's funny though because I, I I did start I was in Toronto this weekend. Me too. So where we there was two noted cases of the Rona, but yeah. I started to feel it before I went up on uh, okay. Friday. Otherwise, I would definitely just be through the roof. Confirm that I have. Yeah, it's one of those <laughs> the uh, Rona right now. When you go online, you Google your symptoms and you just end up at coronavirus. <laughs> it's like oh my god, sore throat, <laughs> a cough, <laughs> stuffy <laughs> nose. <laughs> Dead. coronavirus <laughs> my uh my fiance she's like she's a dental hygienist and like they can't order Reflex? they can't okay. like yeah. order the masks right now like they like the place right, that they right, normally right. get them is all sold out like they have to go like no they're everyone somebody stockpiled them and they're like selling them on ebay like, like no but they're baby they're literally no, into me so they literally like she, no, yeah, she told me that they're literally putting like a limit on like how many you can buy because that's what people are trying to do they're trying to like buy them all up and sell them for like double buy, like price. a cheesecloth and breathe yeah. through that this tape it crazy. to your face no don't listen to me um i i heard they don't even work anyways but that's Who i mean knows? i've heard so many different i've heard things so yeah you know. i believe everything i hear yeah me too um <laughs> anything too. you see on the internet is just like how i heard truth. d has the coronavirus yeah. exactly <laughs> yeah now, now we all believe it so uh rumors out there but anyways um good to be back we let brock go on vacation for a week um before we Get right into it, too. We should congratulate um, the music of the show. The yes. Blue Stones nominated for a Juno Award. If uh, if you're American, you probably don't yeah. know what that is. But um, it's like the Canadian Grammys. 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 Yes. Yeah. They, what was it? Breakthrough Artists of the Year? Yeah. Breakthrough Absolutely. Band of the Year? Break, breakthrough Group. I group breakthrough yeah. Group of the Year. Congratulations yeah. to the Blue Stones on that achievement. Hopefully they win. And honestly, yeah. Out of the six, I believe that they're up there against. A little biased, but they're definitely the best ones. So, uh, the only one I know. Yeah. So. yeah. I knew I knew three, but they're the best. You're so cultured. Three, so. I know, right? <laughs> no, just 
work in office. That job one time, that one rapper died. I've never heard it. of him, and it was like Biebs's favorite guy. And and like, so he's why, obviously more cultured than. Why are you bringing that up? Um, yeah, boys, fresh wounds. And yeah. uh, there's more uh, than hockey to life, fellas. And uh, R.I.P. Kobe Bryant. Yeah, pour one out for the boy. Kobe. Uh, I've been just throwing shit in trash cans all week. On, just, yeah, Kobe. Honestly, like. Social media has just been so depressing all week. It's so been it's brutal. Been you can't go. Any, you can't it, stay away from it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all a sad like day. it's very like uplifting stories and stuff that are great, but it's mm-hmm. just like it's really sad. Like you know, I go to go to the washroom. I'm not always looking to cry. Yeah, um, but it's just sad. There's yeah, no, it's no getting around it. No it's way around it. We'll, we'll move on because we're not about being sad yeah. here. So uh, sad day, but podcast. let's move on. Let's start talking about some hockey. Yes. Uh, we're gonna just open up today's some show stuff though with other trending topics, but trending in the NHL. Just kind of talk about some players that have really surface in, in fantasy circles as of late, whether it's returning from injury, uh, strong play, returning from retirement, uh, whatever the case may be. You're not going to drop the breaking injury first? Uh, that's the one we're going to start with. So okay. uh, Thomas Hurdle out for the year with a torn ACL and MCL he suffered last night. He literally scored a goal on his first shift. Um, I was bitter because like I was going to play him on DraftKings, and then I didn't end up doing yeah. it. He scored his first shift. I'm like, fuck, I knew it. And then second shift, he got in a collision with yeah. Chris Tanev, and I read felt that pretty he awkwardly. Played another shift. Yes, he did, on and then he just injury. was gone. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. All right, it, it's yeah. weird, Hockey like because like yeah. there's so such serious injuries, but you always hear those uh, stories where these guys go out and play another yeah. shift. Maybe like, it doesn't hurt as much right away. It's just like after you're like, oh my god, torn ACL and yeah, MCL. So bad. <laughs> so he's done. Um, I don't know how it works. I made a joke on Twitter like, oh, this is gonna boost uh, Joe Thornton's trade value because now he's a number one center yeah. for a team. But it's not even the case. Barkley, uh, Barkley, Goodrow will take over as a number one center in San Jose. Obviously, um, if you haven't been paying attention, they are still without Logan Couture as well. Uh, Couture remains quite a ways away from returning, so they will be out uh, without their top two centers for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Obviously, a tough break for Hurdle. It's just been a, dis- a fucking disastrous season yeah. in San Jose. I mean, like. There's not much more you can say about it. Like it's just been, it's just been nightmarish. Um, obviously, Ottawa fans are pretty happy right now, jumping for joy, sitting Loving with their it, first, yeah. uh, their first round pick. So, um, just all around total disaster in San Jose. Um, but like, I, I know me personally, I'm not gonna be run into the waiver wire to pick up Barclay Goodrow right now. No. I know normally when there's big injuries like this, and you'd be like, oh, number one center, you'd be rushing to the waiver wire. Goodrow's got some, you know, super deep league appeal obviously yeah. now but uh other than that i mean he's never put up you know two crazy numbers and he's not like the most offensive guy he's, he's been playing top six a lot this year and really he's gonna likely to be getting just dominated by the other team's top although line, you know i mean playing with Vander kane and timo meyer has its uh benefits but i mean even thomas hurdle has been not that great this year playing with those guys yeah. for the most part and yeah so and if that, he hasn't then i don't know how barclay goodrow is supposed to and they really like it the injury kind of just leaves them without any primary play drivers which mm-hmm. is obviously a huge concern uh, I I do think it's really going to hurt the production of guys like Kane and Meyer. Um, so yeah, obviously you expect a little bit more out of Goudreau, but I, I think without a legitimate top six center now until Couture returns, the Sharks are uh, pretty much you want to they're they're a fantasy wasteland, safe for you know yeah. Burns and Carlson. And- it's, it's funny because I had just started hearing a lot of people like after the All Star break like Hurdle, um, he really tore it up the All Star game. People were like, you know, maybe this is going to be an opportunity where the Sharks kind of bounce back here in the second half, and then now this happens is just like complete disaster i think i think you i think you touched on uh something pretty important there is i think this would be a good time to try and just get what you can for somebody like evander kane and timo meyer like kane's had you know kane still has pretty good numbers on the year um somebody else you know maybe not as savvy of an owner might not realize how much this is going to affect um his overall value in the next half so i think like right now if you can try and get something uh, a reliable winger in return for Evander Kane right now. This would be a really good opportunity yeah. to try to do yeah, that. Yeah, definitely in redraft leagues, probably in keeper leagues, you, you want to hang on, especially mm-hmm. Meyer. Like obviously Meyer's value is yes, going to get for sure much worse than where it is right now. So in keeper leagues, you just kind of have to bite that bullet. But I, yeah, I definitely agree. In, in redraft leagues, you kind of got to see what's out there for them. Yeah, we're kind of getting to that point in the year when when you know there, there's there's a huge divide between the good and the bad teams, and and San Jose just dropped themselves into teams where you can't really trust many of the guys in fantasy. And uh, you hate to see it, but uh, that's where Goudreau falls. And, uh, yeah, with these boys, get rid of them. Uh, Let's move over to Toronto now. we got Rasmus Sandin, who's all of a sudden uh, turned himself into a relatively – you know, interesting player in terms of fantasy. Uh, and Jake Muzzin recently returned uh, from injury. So for Sandine, he's got a goal and five assists in 11 games. Uh, only 13 shots on goal, though, in those 11 games. So we obviously would like to see a little bit more shot volume. 
just averaging 1338 of ice time, yeah. uh, which isn't ideal either. Like a but, lot more minutes. But uh, 54% Corsi 4 plus 3.3 Corsi uh, relative Corsi. So uh, there are some positives. He starts playing bigger minutes, but I mean... When you've got Morgan Riley out, uh, Jake Muzzin for a period of time there, those were the opportunities to really start playing big minutes. And if he wasn't playing there, uh, it's tough to really rely on a guy playing 13 minutes and power play two in Toronto. Yeah, well, obviously they're just easing him into the lineup right mm-hmm. now. I do think he's worth grabbing in keeper leagues for sure. Definitely just being with Absolutely. the Maple Leafs. There's a lot of long-term upside uh, and potential production here just off what he's flashed so far. Uh, I do think you kind of got to wipe the slate of those first six games this season, though, when he was kind of being used as almost like a pseudo seventh D man yeah. uh, with Babcock. Since he's come back, you know, after the World Juniors, he was uh, defense or defenseman of the tournament, whatever they call it, top defenseman uh, at, at the World Juniors. He's D-O-T. played five games since being recalled now under Sheldon Keefe. One goal, three assists, eight shots on goal. Ice time up a little bit, but still just 15 minutes and 21 seconds a night. Yeah, that was the thing that kind of scared me about the other night with uh, with Sandine was he only got 12.50 ice time, and that was Muzzin's first night back. That's kind of a big red flag for me, especially in redraft leagues. I don't really want a D-man. Um, most leagues, you only got three or four roster spots there. I don't really want a guy who I'm, I'm banking on him getting a point or two in those 12, 13 minutes. So redraft leagues, not for me, but keeper leagues, definitely stashing them. If you're out of it now, grab them, keep them. Yeah, well, I do think. High flyers. Yeah, I do think there's a bit of score effects there with them having the close lead. They're protecting in the third period in Dallas. Uh, but I do agree there's a bit of an issue there that they're kind of eating into each other's value. Um, you know, where if Sandine hadn't emerged uh, and kind of taken that spot on the second power play unit with Riley out, most likely that would be Muzzin's spot upon its return. And we'd be talking about maybe going after Muzzin on the wire. But I think as it stands right now, we can leave them both on the yeah, wire. Yeah, I think uh, standard leagues. redraft leagues right now, uh, probably safe to leave both of them on the wire, like you just said. Uh, Sandine, good keeper league target. Muzzin, maybe a banger league target. 14 points on the year, 2.3 hits per game, 1.9 blocks. So, um, all right, let's move along. Michael Granlin, a uh, guy that struggled most of the year, uh, but his name kind of started to prop up on the. Uh, trade market here recently and then just because all of a sudden the predators are struggling um uh, who would have saw that coming um i know me and ud we talk about how much we do not like john hines but that is uh a topic for another day uh grand has three goals in his last four games he's on the top line with duchene and johansson right now so uh sitting in a good spot in the lineup heating up a little bit are you guys interested in picking up uh Grandlin? well I, I liked him as a streamer this week i, I had him in the, yeah. the streaming post on monday yeah. uh schedule based of, yes, exactly yeah. yeah just have the schedule lined up uh, even just with Nashville playing uh, on the slower nights this week with the league being on by, uh, just made sense to go after him with how much he's playing in the top six. I wouldn't get too excited. Shot volume still a major concern here. He's got three goals in his last four games, but just nine shots on goal. Uh, he is playing more. He's on a, a, a pretty solid line, but I'd have him on a really short lease right now, and I, I'd definitely be tempted to drop him next week for someone who can uh, add a little bit more streaming value. That's basically what he is for me at this point. Yeah, Nashville's kind of um, it's kind of been a shit show out there lately, and I, I'm just not that interested in in a lot of players on their squad right now. And Granlund just hasn't done it this year. Like you said, shot shot production's not there. There's a lot of guys who are putting it on net who are are on high, higher scoring teams, a little more a little more high flare. Ryan Johansson struggling big time out there too. I don't necessarily love him as a line mate. So for me, Granlund, I might add him like you said for this week. Look at um, future schedules, but as for now, um, I'm not jumping the gun on this one. And uh, he's not lasting long if he doesn't doesn't get a point in a couple. Yeah, I mean, like they had him uh, with Duchesne and Forsberg, who is arguably a better line mate than Johansson. Um, I mean, Nothing. not even arguably, yeah. just he is. is. Um, and the numbers still weren't great. Uh, I think on a week-to-week basis, a streaming target, pretty solid. Uh, let's continue the trend here with forwards. We got a couple more to hit on. Let's start with a uh, friend of the show, Joel Armia. Armia, one goal, 3.7 shots per game in three games since returning from injury. Uh, but then even if you go back and look across his last 20, which is when we were starting to really talk about him, 12 points, seven goals, five assists. Still, again, averaging 3.7 shots per game in his last 20 games. So a uh, guy that's just been, uh, in, you know, kind of in the same mold of a Blake Coleman, just shooting the puck, uh, you know, with... Yeah, a lot. Just a lot, yeah, I guess. I yeah. was, trying to was, come up with a good I was word. wondering where you were going. I was going. digging I was like, through the puck at the stores take, there. And I takes just, a, a lot, lot of shots. Yeah, he shoots yeah. the puck a ton. Uh, but yeah, so... Loves um, to rip it. Basically locks into a top six role there in, in Montreal. And just, I think, a lot to like there. I, obviously, uh, we talked about being a pickup before he got hurt and still uh, a quality pickup option for me. Yeah, still so, uh, playing a lot too, right? Like yeah. 17, 18 mm-hmm. minutes. I think he had 18 the other night. Oh, maybe 19 too. Yeah, so kind he, of a, uh, yeah I think he's at 17 those. on the season. So 
Um, yeah, like you said, it's going to be a steady source of shots, and especially when the schedule lines up, I, I think he's worth the gamble on a given night. So a lot of streamer value there. Yeah. Injuries uh, are in Montreal yeah. right now, so he's yeah. got, he's going to fill some holes, especially coming back. You know, they were they were That's looking. That's a good thing about him, him is that he's not like he is like a like a solid uh, solidified spot. Like it's like Gallagher when he's healthy, top line right yep. winger second line right winger is Armia and then the rest of the lineup seems yeah. to be interchangeable so he's not you're never really worried about him uh, if anything he's getting ball. a little bit more time now because those guys are out which, which, which is great speaking of uh, second line right wingers Jake Vertanen uh, has recently moved up to the second line in Vancouver uh, a lot of people would call it the first line uh, but that spot belongs to Bo Horvat uh, Vertanen and uh, Elias Pettersson and JT Miller have been tremendous together yep. at 5-on-5. Five five. Uh, their numbers are through the roof. And since mid-December, Vertanen has 8 goals, 8 assists, 16 points in his last 19 games. So definitely a guy that needs to be uh, looked at on the waiver wire right now if he's not already picked up in your league. Yeah, that team's absolutely flying right now. They're putting up, uh, they look phenomenal. This isn't a fluke. This is uh, where you are now, 50 games in. Seven points in his last seven games. Um, a lot of people thought this might just be a little hot streak. Looks like Vertanen's kind of found a spot, and he's, he's he's looking good. People forget he was a high first-round draft pick. Um, or not high, mid-level. But regardless, um, Vancouver's got a lot of stock in him, and if he can plug that spot, he might have, they might have finally found the perfect role for him, giving him some fantasy value on uh, what's a really interesting team. Fun yeah. to watch. He's still just 15% owned. Yeah. I had him, again, just another guy I had as a streamer this week, and I do like the idea of rostering him so long as he stays on Pedersen's wing. Shooting uh, a lot more, too, this yeah. year. Well, yeah, exactly. Compared but, uh, to previous. Of course, uh, the issue with Travis Green is that uh, he tends to blend the lines more as much as any coach in the league. He's become a little more stagnant lately, which is encouraging, um, and it, it really is no surprise to see Vertanen produce with the extra opportunity. He was averaging two shots a game while playing less than 13 minutes a night this season before he got that promotion. Uh, and that line's really been spectacular since he's been there. Uh, it's and I'm, like I said, it's of course uh, it's great to see him shooting as much as it is. Uh, Fifteen shots in his last five games, so uh, a lot to like with Vertana right now. Definitely a lot of upside if he can hold on to that spot. I'm skeptical, so just keep an eye out on the lineup because uh, obviously if he falls back to the third line, playing with Adam Gaudet and Antoine Roussel, that's a serious hit. Yeah, poor um, Brock Besser's yeah, currently chilling there. Yeah, exactly. I, I do think it. Pour one out. Yeah, I, I, I like Vertanen on the wing. I don't think they need to play Pedersen and Besser together. No, not but at all. I, you know, I'd, I'd like to see Besser with Horvat on the top line at the very least instead of Louis Erickson. Um, but as it that stands, value for that yeah, contract. I think, yeah, I think they like they like the balanced nature they're getting out of their top nine right now, which I can understand. Uh, Besser owners are going to be frustrated, and you know, rightly yeah. so. But uh, well, you can we'll address that later. Blow a little yeah. bit by picking up Vertanen. Like I said, available in eighty five percent of leagues right now. So. And uh, another right winger, not really in the top six, but scoring goals, Justin Williams coming off retirement. Has oh. two goals on eight shots in two games. Mr. Game uh, seven. Playing on the fourth line right now, but seeing time on the top power play unit. So uh, a little bit of value there. I don't obviously love Justin Williams' no. prospects moving forward, playing on just the fourth line, but um, it is a pretty good fourth line. I mean, Lucas Walmart, yeah. they got, they got uh, you know. For it hurts our boy Martin Neckass a little bit more because there's a little bit less like, time for him to get. You'd not, like, like, you'd you like seeing him on the top power play unit, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, he I just, played he played like a full season on the top line last year, right? And had, had good numbers, but he was still like yeah, kind he of still was like a borderline roster. Twenty goals, thirty fella. assists, uh, fifty-three points. So yeah, really not a guy that you would want to roster for an entire season. Obviously, the fact that he just sat out uh, half a season and he he's gonna be a little old, behind. It's not encouraging, but uh, rather impressive that he's picked up eight shots in two games while playing on the fourth line. So maybe keep an eye if he does move up that lineup. But if he's not on Sebastian Ajo's wing, I'm really not paying any attention to him. Yeah, he needs a line driver, and uh, I'm not necessarily trusting Walmart to be his guy. Uh, not loving the 12 minutes average again. He's fresh out of the gate. Um, not little but too. They also they don't need him to play a lot yeah, of minutes, right? Exactly. Yeah, he's he, you know he's he's one of the deepest. He's the dressing room guy. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's not like they're slowly winding it back up and yeah, can't no. wait to move him into the top six. It, it's going to take someone yeah. falling out uh, or sliding off or just falling out of favor with the coaches for yeah. that to happen. So, and they're like a top nine anyway. So all right, let's do what we do best. Uh, talk about goalies. I know you guys love it. Um, My favorite. Linus Allmark will miss three to four weeks with a lower body injury. Uh, that means that they are left with Carter Hutton as their number one goalie. Uh, if you guys haven't been paying attention at home, Carter Hutton is 0-7-4 with a 4.22 goals against average and an 8.67 save percentage Don't since it. October 23rd. He'll start tonight against the Montreal Canadiens and probably get shelled, um, at which point they will have Montreal, to turn. Dude. Hmm? It's Montreal, dude. It's Montreal. 
Still. Yeah. Um, at which point they will have to turn to rookie netminder Jonas Johansson. Uh, Johansson was a third-round pick in 2014. He is 13-3-3 with a 219 goals against average and a 925 save percentage in the AHL. So a little bit of optimism there. Um, they could definitely use... Um, somebody to step up because it doesn't look like it's going to be Hutton. Yeah. But Allmark had turned himself into a very fantasy relevant goalie. Um, you know, even though the Sabres aren't winning a ton, Allmark had been playing absolutely lights out. So if it isn't Hutton in deep leagues, I think Johansson's worth a look for teams that are desperate yeah. for goalie help. But obviously, first step is see Hutton falter and then it, yeah, yeah and go to the. And wire. I think what we need to remember about Hutton too, which is actually kind of funny, is that he started the season six and zero and actually had two shutouts in his first six starts. Yeah. Uh, and we were talking about him as maybe being one of the steals of the draft. So uh, it's uh, it's he crazy to it. see how far he's fallen. And, you know, obviously he Just probably, hasn't won a game since. <laughs> and he'd probably be getting more opportunities if Allmark hadn't, hasn't been playing so well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, 7 and 4 those four OT losses have to sting when you haven't won since October. Um, but I do think there's an off chance he regains some of that yeah. early season form. We've kind of seen this from Carter Hunt before. Um, so maybe he regains a little bit of that form, but yeah, I'm not yeah. rushing to the wire to pick him up for sure. Yeah. And like you said, the, the leash is extremely short on him. And one thing, um, if you're going to make a case for Johansson, um, is also they need a future backup for all Mark going forward. If he, uh, if he can, you know, prove that a 925 is nothing to scoff at in the AHL. That's, uh, Rock's you know, that's phenomenal goaltending at any level. I don't care, uh, who you are, especially as a 23 year old in the AHL. So for me, um, this could be this could be a showing, and uh, if if Hutton struggles a little bit, that, that no reason they shouldn't try to ride Johansson into something because they're trying to salvage this here, and I don't know if it's going to work, but it's not, it's not going to work at all. Um, and then let's just really quickly touch on the Vancouver netminers, just because they've really been outstanding. Um, you know, for the better part of the last two months, Markstrom. 10-2-0 with a 267 goals Ridiculous. against average, 921 save percentage in his last 12 starts, and as for Demko, he's. 5 1 and 0, 296 goals against average, 912 save percentage since the start of December. Um, and in his career, 11 1 and 1 on home ice. So um, I think he's on a 10 game home winning streak right now. Uh, so if, you know, the, the Canucks have a back to back in Vancouver and they're going to start Demko, I think he's obviously worth uh, picking up right now because he just he doesn't lose in Vancouver. He's a beast. Uh, St. Louis was all over them on the uh, on Monday, I believe it was, and Demko stood on his melon uh, the entire night, just played outstanding. I think. He what a like big win when you can put in your backup goalie against the best team in the league and still take two points. Yeah, That's absolutely huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played a, yeah, he it's played massive. Yeah. yeah, and they, they do have a back-to-back this weekend. They're on the road both games uh, in New York on Saturday, uh, playing the Islanders, uh, and then in Carolina on Sunday. So, uh, not the best matchups, but like you said, you're definitely... If he gets in for that Isles game, though, I like that. Yeah, he's 9% owned, probably in line for some more work as the season unfolds, which is what I think you were getting at, Brock. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, probably definitely worth a look, especially this weekend. Uh, Like I said, not the best matchups, but uh, you got a hot goaltender with a good team in front of him. Uh, it's probably at least a coin flip to yeah. get the win uh, when he does go out there. So and pretty crazy at this point in the year. We're talking about um, Vancouver being the, one of the one-two tandems that you actually kind of want to own in leagues. Um, one where you, even if you can only get your hands on Demko, it's not a terrible one if you're in one of those deeper leagues. Um, I'm, I'm right there with you with the way they're scoring goals. Uh, they're way more defensively stable than they were the last couple of years. Um, yeah, no, I think they're both good plays at this point. last couple years, way more defensively stable. I, I, I wouldn't even say way more, but they are a little bit more defensively stable than they were like early in the year when they were just an absolute. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, just, they're just playing pond hockey out there. Yeah. Uh, three on three. But all right, let's take a break. We're going to fire over dubs, to the Juno-nominated Blue Stones. Nice. Yeah, um, nice. And then when we get back from the break, we're going to talk about uh, we, we went ahead and uh, looked at the playoff schedule um, with the fantasy trade deadline looming around the corner. We looked at the playoff schedule, which teams play the most games. We and, and we got a couple of buy-low candidates to try to pry from owners' hands uh, now. And then they play a ton of games come the playoff weeks. And hopefully it can kind of just help you push your team over the edge towards the championship. So, again, enjoy the Blue Stones. We'll see you back here in 16 seconds. Broken down, so I walked the line. I drop my wounds and I die. I'm out of money, I'm out of time. I fly low like a broken arrow. The time slows and my vision narrows. I'm out of money, I'm out of time. Sing your hearts out, sing it loud. Make me happy, make me proud. Black holes, solid ground. Voices set them free because it's 
Welcome back to Season 5, Episode 22 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Odd Shark. Hope you guys enjoyed the Blue Stones. Uh, I know for sure they sound better than us. Uh, apologies for maybe some issues with the audio levels in the first half. Uh, just a reminder, D is a little bit under the weather, and uh, we can only turn him up so yeah. much. So I'm doing my best. We're he's, not Juno nominated, here. He's drinking, so he's drinking tea. Um, he's doing his he's got best. Lozenges. Yeah, he's got the lozenges. He's yeah. doing everything he can. Um, but he said he's going to really put a, like... he's going to put in an effort here in the second half and just absolutely blow his vocal cords out for the for the pod. Yeah. Uh, and we appreciate that. I hope the listeners, uh, you guys do as well. So, um, all right. So second half of the show, Sounds we're going to so talk painful. about um, some by low candidates and uh, teams that play a lot. And in the so in the playoff weeks, it yeah. depends how your league. What'd is. you do, Brock? What? 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 Tell the people what you did. Well, I went through the. I went through the schedule, and I figured out who plays the most games in the playoff weeks. Um, but again, it all depends on how your league is configured. Um, some leagues go all the way to the end of the mm-hmm. season. Some leagues cut it a week short uh, just to make sure players aren't getting rested. So what we did was we just looked at all of it up until uh, the last week of the season because there's only four days in the last week from April 1st to April uh, 4th, and we cut those off. So... If you look at the three weeks of the playoffs, you got the Carolina Hurricanes playing the most games at 12. Uh, and then teams that play 11, you have the Buffalo Sabres, uh, Colorado Avalanche, Edmonton Oilers, Florida Panthers, LA Kings, Nashville Predators, New Jersey Devils, New York Islanders, Philadelphia Flyers, Pittsburgh Penguins, Vancouver Canucks. The rest of them play 10 or 9 games. Uh, so with any of these teams, you're going to get a couple extra games in the you know in the pivotal playoff it's week. Huge. So uh, we gave you guys a couple of buy low candidates to um, target from these teams to try and get you know a couple extra games come playoff time, and maybe that is uh, what will push you over the edge and win you a fantasy hockey championship. So without further ado. D, you just took a loss, and so the voice is probably at 100 P right now, as good as it's going to get. Yeah. We'll start with you. What do you got for us? Uh, okay, so the first one I want to talk about is Sebastian Ooh. Aho. As you mentioned, the Hurricanes, the only team playing four games in each of the last three weeks of the season there. Um, so, uh, you know, Aho, obviously a guy that still carries a lot of fantasy value. This is uh, kind of a relative buy low. Uh, the only reason I bring him up uh, is probably this is the lowest his trade value is going to get this season. Uh He's got 24 goals on the year, but just one in his last 10 games. That's just one goal in the year 2020. Uh, yes, obviously, they've been on by, haven't played since January 21st. Uh, but that's still a long time for a cold player to sour in the mind of a fantasy owner. And I just think he's really worth checking on in your league right now. Uh, it's worth pointing out shot volume is down a touch, uh, but he's still averaging 2.3 shots a game over the cold streak. Uh, and he's got 13 shots in his last four, four games. So uh, I would expect Aho to round back into form sooner than later. Uh, he is a straight center, so you got to make sure you be able to fit him into your lineup on a regular basis. But if you can, that should actually work to your advantage. Uh, you know, it dampers his fantasy value just a little bit. It'll make it all that easier to prime off someone in your league if they're not as flexible with their position yeah. eligibility as you are. Uh, so, like I said, obviously he's not going to come cheap, uh, but I do think it's a great time to buy on Aho or at least check in on the asking price, um, kick the tires, if you will. Um, absolutely. And I'm going to piggyback off that one a little bit too, because, uh, unsurprisingly, I think the team as a whole has kind of struggled a little bit offensively as of late. Um, and Andre Svechnikov's another guy from that team that's cooled off considerably as of late. Uh, he had, you know, obviously has been tremendous for the majority of the year, uh, but he only has a goal and three assists in his last eight games. Uh, that's kind of like the coolest stretch he's had this entire season. Right. Uh, one goal in eight games, very similar to kind of, uh, the stretch that Aho is going through. And uh, I don't think it's going to be easy to pry uh, a player like Ech- uh, Svechnikov from other owners, but I don't think that the value is going to get lower than kind of it is right now, similar to Aho. Yeah. Um, and then maybe this is an opportunity, kind of like somebody we said earlier in the show, somebody like Evander Kane, um, I'm sure you'd probably have to add a little bit of a sweetener to that deal, but... Um, somebody that obviously their value is most likely trending down for a guy that's probably trending up still and um, has a really good playoff schedule. So uh, maybe you got Evander Kane, you want to fire it over for for Svechnikov and then obviously add a, you know try to sweeten the pot a little bit, make it a two for two or whatever. Sure. Uh, you might have, but yeah, I think Aho and Svechnikov both tremendous uh, options right now. And when you're talking about come playoff time with the couple of extra games. Um, two guys that can you know absolutely oh, yeah. light up the score sheet for a month and month straight. All it, it takes be- is that power play getting hot during that time, and yeah. that's then they're Look going. Out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, speaking of someone who I'm riding a ton of power play volume or uh, value on, we talked about him earlier. He's way better than the Brock we have in this room. Brock Besser out in Vancouver, 
currently has you got McGinn, bro. Currently, yeah, Brock. I don't know. I like Brock McGinn more as well. But Brock Besser, we talked about it. Currently on the third line in Vancouver, playing alongside Adam Goddett and Antoine Roussel. Not much value when he's in, when he's on, uh, when he's on the ice five on five. But it's when that power play gets out there. And uh, Vancouver is the definition of having a PP one. And uh, they're both the one A and the one B because their second power play consists of Roussel, Gaudet, and Tanner Pearson. So I think that you're going to keep uh, so a power play one and a power play three. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, so Besser stays out there for majority of the two minutes. He's currently 19th in the league in shots. Um, to be fair, I'm pretty sure Pearson had a power play goal last night. Yeah, probably did. <laughs> Pearson's actually dirty, but you know, regardless, I'm still going to chirp. Yeah. yeah, currently 19th for the in the league. 20 seconds they were on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and he did something. Yeah, but exactly. uh, yeah. Josh Levo status. But, uh, yeah, as I mentioned, 19th in the league in shots with 154 on the year. We talked about how we absolutely love shot production. 19th is considered elite. And the reason why you could probably get him right now, as mentioned, he is trending downwards. People see him on that third line when they go to DFO and they absolutely shit their pants. He has one assist in his last six games. I hate making people shit their pants. I know. DFO definitely does. It does that to me all the time, <laughs> yeah. Um, he has one assist in his last six games, so they go and they look at the last ten, and they shit their pants around too. Um, yeah. I was just going to point out that uh, in one assist in those six games, and obviously being on the third line, his average time on ice just 15-41. Yeah. If you compare that to his first 45 games, he had 43 points, and his average time on ice was 19-11. Absolutely. So, like, now is the time. Yeah, And as we mentioned earlier, um, Travis Green likes to move that lineup around, which means this week he might be on that third line. Next week he could be on that top line, just absolutely dominating as we've seen him do before. He has an absolutely wicked shot. Um, he has He's seventh on Vancouver in points in the last 30 days, which is just terrible so people are getting sick of him anyone who's had him for the last month um but he also is leading the team in shots in that amount of time so yeah. we love seeing that um things aren't really bouncing Besser's way he's gonna start he's bouncing obvious back by low. Uh, obvious probably the most obvious like, of anyone you just heard my numbers yeah. 16 goals 27 assists 43 points in 45 games that's the type of upside he oh, has when yeah. he's on that top line or second line whatever yeah. the hell you want to call it and as soon as he gets moved back there Slaffin. Yeah, and even if he does leave Vertanen there, like I said, I, I would imagine eventually he at least moves up to the Horvat line. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, that's exactly it. And all that, then that'll just skyrocket his value all up. All of a sudden, this Louis Erickson thing's working, yeah. and it's like, fuck. And the uh, thing is, too, about Besser that I like as well is, is his numbers right now, because they've dipped so hard in this last month, is a spot where you can trade guys who have been trending real hard upwards who might only be on a on a hot streak right now. You don't necessarily have to trade a top-end forward that you have for him no. potentially right now, which is beautiful if he can turn into one for this last 11 games uh yeah no i like it uh, i'm gonna go with claude Giroux really quick um he heated up a little bit before the break but still uh, on the year owners are definitely disappointed with claude Giroux's numbers uh just 35 points in 50 games which is you know decent for a guy you drafted in the 11th round but um you know not quite the claude Giroux standard no. uh but the shooting percentage 8.8 and the on ice shooting percentage 9.4 which are both you know fairly decent are actually far lower than what we've seen from Giroux in recent years and that obviously has to uh, uh, affected his numbers a little bit, but the Flyers kind of cooled off there right before the break, and uh, I think they're a team that is in for a, a really good second half. They're a really quality side, uh, and I think that uh, once they you know get that power play going again and stuff, uh, I think Giroux's in for a big second half. I just think that Konechny's feeling it right yeah, now. I just think owners are, are probably you know really sour on Giroux right now, and he's definitely a guy that you can get for a lot cheaper. Again, uh, he's going to have the the center left eligibility, which helps as well uh, get him in your lineup. So. Um, Claude Drew, they got 11 games in the playoffs. I like uh, looking at him on the on the whatever tree. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm having a tough time with my words today. It's okay, man. The words are yeah, tough. We're so doing it earlier than words, normal. Words, words. Your, your mouth hasn't woken up. It's yeah. okay. So 11 games for Philly over the playoffs, Gad. 11 for Vancouver as yep. well, right? Yep. Uh, and then 11 for New Jersey also, which is uh, I'm going to talk about Kyle Palmieri for a second here. Uh, Palmieri's actually been pretty productive lately. He was on a nice little run before he missed four games with a foot injury. He just came back and scored a goal the other night. I just think in general he's getting overlooked right now. Uh, the general fantasy view on him I don't think is caught up with the reality. Him and Heischer have remained steady without Hall. They've proven they can carry a line without him uh, and generate a lot of scoring chances together. Uh, they got Jesper Bratt on their left wing right now, and they're averaging 30 scoring chances and 15 high danger chances per 60 at 5v5. That really is elite offensive production. Uh, not that far off, uh, for example, uh, of what a line like Toronto won with Austin Matthews yeah. and Mitch Marner produces. So Palmieri just returned from yeah exactly uh, where they're really lacking is the power play production. Um, I was actually looking at the Devils' power play it's today. Crazy. They actually generate a lot like 
above average shots and scoring chances, but they have by far the lowest shooting percentage on the power play in the NHL, I, I saw uh, which is translated they to the worst. just need that one weapon, but percentage. it seems like Palmieri is that piece that exactly. they... Exactly, yeah. So if, if anything. It should know? get better. They're shooting yeah. 9% on the power play, which is just S- terrible. I it's saw a stat the other day. What I believe Tampa is shooting. Um, Someone shooting Hedman 20. bombs, though. Yeah. Stamkos bombs. Kucha um, bombs. Subban, like, they're actually, like, minus in goal differential on the power play when Subban's on the ice. <laughs> yeah. That's Like, I think they've given up five shorties and only scored it's four a lot. power plays. It's a lot. Blackwood has a, a worse save percentage on the power play than he does. I know. I saw that. It's fucking ridiculous, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. Yeah, so, uh, but... The takeaway here, Heischer and Palmieri are uh, producing at an elite level at 5v5. Uh, that power play, like I said, should turn around at least to some degree, maybe uh, climb out of the basement at least. The two of them can struggle in their own end at times. Uh, we obviously don't care about that for fantasy purposes. Nope. Palmieri <laughs> just returned from so a true. foot injury on Monday. Like I said, he scored a goal, had four shots in 21 minutes of ice time. I still think there's a perception that his value's taken a hit with Hall gone, but it's been exactly the opposite. The shots are up, the ice time's up, the production is up. So you add in the decent playoff schedule, and I think he's worth making a run at. 17 goals, 32 points, 107 shots in 45 games this year. Obviously missed some time, but that would put him on pace for 31 goals and 191 shots in 82 oh. games. Uh, real quick, just percentage. wrapping it up. Shooting percentage and on-ice shooting percentage are a tad high. Not that far off his career rates, um, though. And the extra ice time he's been seeing can definitely offset any regression there. So a lot to like about Kyle Palmieri. Like I said, he seems to be a legitimate 30-goal scorer at this point in his career. He's always been underrated his whole uh, career, and he's always posted really good numbers. Yeah. I think the one thing that also bodes extremely well for Paul Mary is Nico Heischer has kind of just turned into a whole new animal yeah. here in the second half. Who's of the become season. who's become uh, a waiver he, wire pickup? Yeah, he's I been fantastic. Mention, yeah. He has the been team on my back right now. Like he's been Scott, night in and night out. So he's been bad. great, and they really like. As good as Zajac Coleman and Gusev have been, Coleman, the boy, um, they fucking really ride this teacher Paul Mary line. Like, they love that line. And um, as long as Heacher is playing as good as he is right now, Paul Mary is just that much better. Uh, yeah. They've both really stepped their game I'm up. Starting to witness absence. the breakout, which, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. It's about time. Uh, you got anybody else there, Biebser? I do. I couldn't, Biebser, what is that? I couldn't uh, love it. Let's not get that going. But I, uh, I couldn't couldn't let Colorado get mentioned without bringing Twitter. up a uh, without bringing up someone from their team. So uh, Gabe Landeskog, he's my buy low right now, um, and there's actually a pretty solid case for him. He's currently on pace for a career low 52 points. So even when uh, even That's when his low, I thought he had some pretty. Or sorry, not a career low. Um, wow, yeah. Why did I have that written down? Sorry, Sec- that'd be his second worst okay. season. Um, he had an absolutely terrible year two years ago when they were uh, throwing it there. Right I think before they moved the, the season before they yeah, moved to Shane. Thirty nine points, I believe it was. But other than that, he's been pretty steady around the around the fifty five sixty range. Had seventy five points last year when playing on the top line with McKinnon and and then we've seen him move around that lineup. But here's the thing: he's back on that line. He's on first power play. If we're talking about early in the season, people grabbing guys like Don Squay, grabbing guys like Burakovsky just because they're playing with McKinnon, then Landis Cog falls right in line. If you're in a banger league, he's gonna he he's awesome. Takes shots, hits hard, um, blocks a few here and there. Um, so basically, for me, it's just it's quite obvious that um, he's, he's struggling this year. He's playing almost 20 minutes per night as a forward. We like seeing that. There's just all the things are there on the right lines. Yeah. I'm not, I, can't, I can't really say much more. He's it's def- just. It, now is the time. He's definitely a guy who more of a passenger than a play driver that we've seen, yeah. but one of the best complimentary players in the league. And you could trade a bottom of your roster guy for him right I now. Think, a uh, lot of people I think who... you could lump Miko Rand into, into the same yeah. category. I he's... thought about it, but his year's still pretty good. In yeah, the no, end but and... he's been like, I've seen, uh, especially on the DFO. People will be getting frustrated. Uh, I have McKinnon and Rand in yeah, the one People league. have been getting yeah. pissed off about Rand and like just frustrated. Yeah. He went on a stretch recently. Yeah. So I think Rand. I'm just frustrated they're not automatically winning every week. Exactly. Like they were last year. You're not looking at your scoreboard and seeing like a goal and two. Brandon in because sometimes like you know somebody like like Landis Cog you're like he's not doing as much as you'd think but you'd be like ah well it's Landis Cog but somebody like Brandon you you were oh, expecting yeah. 95 points or right. whatever and when he's not it might be almost easier to get a guy like that because they're so frustrated with him because he's yeah. not yeah doing yeah it's your expected. second round pick yeah or... exactly they're so mad about yeah. the return thing is with both of these guys too is a lot like. Uh, like we're kind of seeing with Paul Mary in that these guys are all coming back from injuries, so it's only going to get better. Those injuries um, take guys back a little bit. Landis Cog was gone for a couple months there, came back a little bit earlier than expected, actually. So for him, that's kind of what it, yeah. it's it's looked like, at least from the eye test, from my point of view. Um, and it was the same with Ranton. He came out of the gate not as hot. Um, well, except yeah. for the four points right when he got back. Well, I mean, yeah. 
But okay, I just got one more really quickly to talk about uh, Chris Letang. If you need help, need help on the blue line, only five assists in his last twelve games. Uh, absolutely ridiculous start. He had like ten goals in his first like thirty games or something. Uh, Needed to with how hurt they were. Yeah, cooled off ridiculously uh, as of late. Um, John Marino's for time. he's been goalless for over Beauty. a month after ripping it up for the first half of the season. So uh, again, another one of these cases where you can probably get him a lot cheaper than normally you could. Uh, but anybody else for you guys? Are we going to weekend streamers? To the weekend. To so on, on, crazy on my weekend, weekend streamers, uh, it says Dylan dot dot dot. You wrote the article this week, so <laughs> yeah. see what you got. Okay, so there's 14 games on Saturday, so you're almost definitely not going to be able to fit in any games into your lineup. Uh, there's a chance, I guess, if you, you roll, uh, if you don't have an extra demon on the bench, there's a, couple a chance perfect you can maybe take a demon playing back to back Saturday Sunday. But for the purpose of this podcast, we're just going to be looking at the three teams that are playing on Friday and Sunday this weekend. Uh, so any of the guys that you pick up off these teams on Friday should be able to get you two extra games in over the weekend and just might be able to push you over the edge in a category or two or maybe the whole week. Because um, streaming is uh, often the difference in a matchup uh, in daily weeks. So uh, Carolina, the first team we're going to talk about here, Friday and Sunday. Uh, a little bit complicated of a situation with their top nine right now. There's some moving pieces at practice today. It was really weird. Nino was late getting out there. They said at first that he wasn't on the ice, and then about a half hour later... Uh, they said he, he made it, but he missed I saw line. somebody say, like, classic Nino, he's always late. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that means, but he missed <laughs> yeah. line rushes. Missed, yeah. Um, so we're, we're going to have to see how it plays out tomorrow. But today, at least, with uh, Nino late or absent, whatever you want to call it, it was Ryan Zingle with Aho and Taravainen, Stahl centered Fogel and Sveshnikov on the top line, while Hala centered uh, Nechas and McGinn on line three. Uh, so, like I said, you'll need to double-check tomorrow, but I think Stahl, obviously a safe bet to be centering the top line regardless, playing in all situations. Uh, still just 12% owned, not a ton of offensive upside, but the ice time and the usage alone is enough to bring a lot of streaming value when the schedule lines up like it does this weekend. Obviously, Zingle, too, looks great if he stays on that line mm-hmm. with Aho and Tara Vinen. Dual wing el- eligible, just 11% owned. Uh, but keep an eye out for Carolina Lions tomorrow. If you have to dip to the third line, I, I think Hala and Nachas are both uh, fine options. And I don't know if you want to talk about Justin Williams again. Well, too. I was just going to say maybe Justin Williams, but um, I just wanted to say that I, I think the way kind of the lines were... Uh, sorted out, it seems as if potentially it would be Dezingle there, yeah. and then you would put uh, Nino in for McGinn's Brock McGinn spot. and yeah. McGinn on the fourth line. Better Brock. Um, so it looks like, I, I think if you needed to do it right away, I think it looks like Dezingle could be there tomorrow. Uh, but it's lucky that, you know, there is a website out there called dailyfaceup.com that you Never can check out it. those Never things. Never heard of it, uh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So if you check by the early afternoon tomorrow, say around noon or so, we should have the updated lines there from their morning skate, assuming someone does us the pleasure of tweeting them out. I was just going to say, too, we never really touched on it a lot, but uh, as soon as, like, um, Hamilton went out, we weren't really entirely sure how everything was going to shake out. And uh, Jacob, Jacob Slavin uh, has been playing Most absolutely... accurate shot in the NHL? Yeah. Slavin? The most, uh, the most insane amount of minutes, and he's on the top power play, and he has the most accurate shot in the NHL. Um, so if you need help in, uh, if you need help on the blue line for whatever reason, um, somebody went down, whatever yeah. the case may be, I think Slavin's a worthwhile. If you guys up. had a life and didn't watch the All Star Skills competition on Friday night, uh, Slavin somehow won the most accurate shooter um, over the likes of Leon Drysaddle. It's just like it's so funny because like there's there's always been this like there's always been this case of him just being like the most underrated defenseman in the league, and then yeah. he did that, and everyone's like, oh fuck, like he's yeah. just you got to give into it now. He's pure, <laughs> he pure shooter. He's so, pure so underrated. He does everything. <laughs> Should be playing the wing. Yeah, he's better than Pasternak. Uh, Brandon Smith style. Yeah, yeah. So the next team here to uh, playing Friday and Sunday, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, again, the Penguins coming off a bye like the Hurricanes, so we got to double check these lines tomorrow. Before break, it was Dominique Simon with Hornquist Simo. and Crosby on the top line. Simon just one percent owned right now, uh, so obviously widely available. If you feeling risky, uh, you can put the claim in right now. But I would definitely want to double check um, when they do line rushes back tomorrow. So updated, it is McCann, Crosby, Simon, Russ, Malkin, Hornquist, same as when they went on break. Confirmed. Twice. Or not the same as well, like similar, yeah. similar, yeah. Sorry, similar. But Can's back with Crosby. Well, so Simon still drops there, down to, to Malkin's line, yes. Uh, but Malkin and Russ stay together too. Right? Malkin and Russ together yeah. with Hornquist, McCann, okay. peanut butter and jelly combo so is not going anywhere. Yeah, uh, probably want to look at either Hornquist is fifty percent owned, I think, right now. Mm-hmm. So if you're in half of those leagues where he's available, he'd probably be my top recommendation. Obviously, going to be seeing some power play time too. Uh, and then I'd probably Hornquist go Jared, top power play unit. Yeah, and then I'd probably go Jared McCann after that. Twenty seven percent on right now for McCann. Had a couple off games, but he's still having a great year, yeah. and we've seen him, you know, 
And he's done well with yeah, Crosby. Absolutely. There. Yeah. Uh, and then if both those guys are gone, you should be able to pick up Simon. Like I said, Simon. McCann uh, and Simon both on power play too. Simon. Uh, I think another guy you could throw into this mix is Justin Schultz. He's a game time decision. Could be back tomorrow. He's been, um, you know, pretty effective whenever he is in the lineup in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And he'll be quarterbacking the second power play. So if, again, need help falls in the lineup. Line can't play D with shit, sure. but we don't care because it's fantasy. Probably sure. the second most accurate shooter in the NHL. Yeah. yeah so I'd probably, uh, I'd probably go if we're just breaking it down again in order. Probably go Hornquist, uh, McCann. And then some, somewhere of a toss-up between Simo and Schultz. Um, <laughs> so and then finally, the last team playing on Friday and Sunday is Washington. Washington, always tough to stream. Their entire top six is above 70% owned. Uh, just want to mention, Jakob Vrana is still just 71% owned. So Makes no sense. Yeah. He's on pace for like 35 goals. If he just happens to be on the waiver in your, in your, <laughs> the waiver wire sorry, in your league. Yeah. Uh, Drop Joe Pavelski and pick yeah. him up. Yeah, wake up yeah. and grab him. You see, I finally did it. Yeah, I saw you did. It was tough. It was tough. Yeah. When he's one of your keepers, you know, you just feel so much attachment there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, smelling of Joe Pavelski. Uh, Washington. Pour one out. Like I said, tough to stream. Entire top six, at least 70% owned. Uh I usually opt to go with Lars Eller here. He plays the most out of anyone not in the top six in Washington. He's also a staple of the second power play unit, which usually fingers or, or features sorry, a lingering Alex Ovechkin. That line's fingering he Ovi. He has 13 <laughs> points, five goals, eight assists in his last 18 games. So Eller has actually been playing pretty That's what well. I get for trying to say lingering. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he, he's got some streamer value this weekend, 50%. Could have been worse. Uh, if he's not available, I'd probably just turn my attention to Carolina or Pittsburgh because there's really no one else in that bottom six worth going after. In really deep leagues, maybe a guy like Dimitri Orlov just because he plays like 24 minutes a night. But all those forwards we mentioned before and Justin Schultz offer more upside than Orlov. So. Yes. Um, Unless the banger league, Orlov just blocks the shit out of pucks. Yeah, he does, he does that on occasion. Um, I just wanted to quickly, before we wrap this show up, we're going to talk about uh, potential back-to-back spot start options internet is a little slow oh, right yeah. now let me solve for go. you we already talked about thatcher demko he's either gonna be seen the on long island the saturday afternoon or sunday afternoon in carolina uh neither of them are what you would call a great matchup but they're not terrible either definitely winnable for a very hot team right now in the canucks uh so yeah a hot goalie hot team you take the coin flip and getting the win i, I you know without knowing what the rest of them are i gotta think he's among the top uh, options for streaming the goaltender position this weekend. Uh, if you uh, want to look at Columbus, they've got Matthias Nikolevics or whatever, however you yeah. want to pronounce his name. He was the other Latvian. He was absolutely outstanding in his NHL debut against the Rangers before the break. He'll probably either get the Sabres on Saturday or the Canadians on Sunday. Either way, I like both, both nice. those matchups. Both on the road, though, but he had no problem in Madison Square Garden. Um, as for the Canadians, they've got a back-to-back, so Charlie Lindgren will probably get a start. I don't love either matchup uh, hosting um, the Panthers and the Blue Jackets, although if you know you need to, the Blue Jackets don't score a ton of goals, so if you want to go there, that's fine. I don't hate it. Um, uh, Shesterkin, Igor Shesterkin, um, I think still widely available. He's actually going to start tomorrow, confirmed, against the Red Wings, so rush to the wire and pick him up. Henrik Lundqvist goes Saturday in Detroit if you want to go there as well. Um, Marcus Hogberg has been great for the Senators, but two brutal matchups for them this weekend, the Capitals and the Maple Leafs. The Flyers, Alex Lyon, he'll get the start on Saturday, but it's against the Colorado Avalanche, so fuck that. Yeah. Um, Jake Allen, the Blues play Friday, yes, Saturday. I was going to say, Jake Allen in Winnipeg is a pretty good matchup right now. The Jets just he, can't score. I wouldn't be surprised if he plays the first game. That's what they did earlier this week. It's the second back-to-back of the week. I actually That's missed crazy. this one earlier in the week. My bad. Definitely should have had him in the stream article because Allen is going to get two starts this week. Uh, played well the other night in Vancouver. I think a lot, I think a lot of that was uh, Allen is from Vancouver. Um, I believe. I think that's correct, and that's why they started it. It's also right after the All-Star break, and obviously Bennington was in it, and that Allen well. wasn't. Uh, but I yeah. would assume they'd give Bennington the harder matchup. But you would think, it. but you could also make an argument that Winnipeg, you know, for a goaltender, could be just as challenging. Um, um, the good thing is... I, I'm just saying I don't think it's... a like it, There's a chance he starts tomorrow, so just keep yes, an eye out no, tomorrow sure. if you're planning on using him. It's 22%. Good thing, good thing there's a website for that as well, dailyfaceout.com. Exactly. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed Season 5, Episode 22 of the Daily Faceout Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Segan. We've got Dylan D. Bertham to my left, Michael B. Bondi across from us, and we got the Blue Stones coming through your ears. But don't forget, sponsored by... Yeah. Our friends at Odd Shark. Enjoy the Blue Stones. We'll see you guys back here next week. Find us on Twitter at DFO Pocket. And on Instagram at Daily Face Because we got to try to boost that shit up. Yeah, we're doing peace. that now. Peace, peace, peace. <laughs>
Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.